It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Recorded live. Well, welcome everybody. It is Off Road Live for July 31st, 2017. We're right in the middle of summer. As a matter of fact, the Supergirl went off this weekend. And now it's Monday, and uh, our regular show, 4 West, 7 East. And the U.S. Open up in Huntington Beach is on. As a matter of fact, it's live on the web at Off-Road Live. Tune in to Off-Road Live for live off-road racing and surfing events all summer long. This 2017 Revival Summer. Today we're on the beach. Midsummer 2017. We're glad that you've joined us along with our friends Ram Trucks, Hard Rock, Marlboro, Budweiser, Red Bull, BajaSafari.com, the king of Baja, and our favorite hangout in San Diego, Hamul, that being, of course, the Hollywood Casino. Stay tuned. We're going to have Perry McNeil on, special interview, talking about the upcoming Tijuana Desert Challenge Score International Desert Off-Road Race. And as well, we will talk a little bit about his inclusion in this weekend's Roger Norman safety event at his uh, digs on Playa Mission. In San Diego, California, United States of America. Stay tuned. This is Monster Mike, your humble host. And, of course, we have two of the Baja crew. Where we feel very fortunate midsummer to have anybody helping us out. It's summer in Southern California. We are live from Oceanside, California. Thank you very much, the uh, Oceanside Tourism Bureau. Uh, our, Our digs here on the beach, At as a matter of fact, we're over the Pacific. We're at Ruby's today. Out at the end of the pier, a great location for this all this weekend's uh, uh, great surfing at the Supergirl. Can't believe uh, the crowds. I mean, it was bumper to bumper. There had to be, at, at, on one of the days, over 100,000 people. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, my old days of uh, the Sandcastle event back in the uh, 80s, um, had roughly 
uh, what was in this was an official count. They did it by the sheriff's department helicopter, and that was over a hundred thousand people uh, for that uh, day's you know participation uh, of the event and spectators. Uh, and clearly, there was well over that figure uh, here in Oceanside uh, on, in particular, yesterday, Sunday's finals. Uh, it was wall to wall, as mentioned. Every street uh, surrounding the event, uh, your way in, bumper to bumper, midday, uh, and a great event had by all. Uh, we will have more of the surfing results for the Supergirl a little bit later on, uh, maybe in part two. How about that? And then, um, of course, we right now on the website have live uh, the Huntington Beach uh, World Surfing event uh, happening uh, on the beach uh, in Huntington Beach. Oh, and also we have a big headline out of SCORE International. We'll also talk about that this morning. A, a little bit of editorial. Hope you don't mind. This is Monster Mike with the Baja Crew. Of course, as soon as I mentioned we were going to be at the end of the pier at Ruby's, what happened? Oh, yeah. They know where the burgers are. <laughs> so two of the Baja crew are here assisting, and uh, we greatly appreciate their assistance uh, today, this uh, Monday, July 31st, 2017. Uh, and remember, every Monday, 4 West, 7 East, you can tune in. That's right. You can tune in to Off-Road Live every Monday, 4 West, 7 East. Today we're live from Ruby's in Oceanside, uh, really over the water because we're at the end of the pier as opposed to simply on the beach. We're not on the Golden Sands, though we can see them uh, in the distance uh, from this great vantage point at the end of Oceanside uh, City's uh, pier. Great location. As a matter of fact, we'll be doing more location work here in uh, North County, San Diego, so not just at the Baja Beach Club, we will be doing more uh, in North County, uh, San Diego. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We'll have some big announcements in the fall. Uh, that will happen most likely after October. Uh, we have a big on-the-beach event in October. We'll, we'll make those announcements, so stay tuned for those. Uh, upcoming on the schedule, let's take a quick peek uh, at uh, Off-Road Live's website. And uh, I, I know I have to explain this a little bit once in a while. Not a problem. But if you just go to Google, I know it's just brainless, right? Go to Google and hit Off-Road Live. Literally, just type in Off-Road Live. Uh, we are numero uno, of course. Now, the exact domain address is off-road1.com. That's right, offroad1.com. That's what we were known by for a couple of years before we transitioned to a live event, and that's Off-Road Live. So on the website, you tune into the website, it has the Revival logo. It has the Supergirl Surf Pro event in its entirety. you got to love the Internet. And then it, uh, we are covering right now live the Huntington Beach event. Let's tune in live right now. To Chris Cote, the voice of surfing here in Southern California, and and we'll listen in a little bit uh, to uh, uh, Chris's call, uh, just a bit. So uh, stay tuned for that. We're gonna we're gonna do that uh, as a matter of fact right now, so that we can uh, uh, enjoy uh, Chris's uh, coverage uh, of the event. Um, quite frankly, Chris Cote is probably. Um, one of the uh, my favorite uh, uh, guys on the internet, uh, having to do with uh, uh, coverage of surfing events. So stay tuned. We're going to have uh, Chris up live from the event in Huntington Beach. Uh, he knows that we're going to be on, so he'll uh, he'll definitely uh, uh, chime in his participation in the Huntington event, and that is uh, all uh, week this week. Uh, here uh, the start of uh, August 2017, uh, and it'll be live on the net, the entire uh, surfing event on Off-Road Live.
Okay, let's. Uh, Chris, you're on. on. Welcome to Huntington Beach, California. This is the 2017 Vans U.S. Open of Surfing. And the great news is the waves are here. It is so fun out there in the lineup right now. It's a skate park. Chris Cote here with Strider Wasilewski. And that's really kind of the, the major worry when you come into the Vans U.S. Open of Surfing. You're thinking, are there going to be waves? going to be like? And obviously today we're Well, they're here. We've got a great you know, mix of swells coming in the south and the southeast swells of the hurricanes. And, you know, that's exactly what we want. We've got two different swells running. It's breaking up the peaks. It's creating a great platform for these guys to get after it and actually crush the lip. High-performance surfing we're going to probably see all day. And you know what the best part about it is? Well, not the best part. But unlike the World Tour events, you lose, you're going home. That's right. So it's harsh. It really is. You get uh, third or fourth, you're going bye-bye. We love to see savage cuts. I mean, of course, the downside of that is you're going to lose some of your favorite surfers. We just lost one of our favorites, Mason Ho, in that last year. I know a lot of people out there watching, it, it seems like the more Mason time you can get, the better. But, hey, you're going to see big names going down these early rounds. So there you have it, live from uh, Huntington Beach, uh, Chris Cote. Thank you very much for uh, coming on the show. We greatly appreciate you being on. Uh, and, again, you can tune in to the surfing event for the next couple of days on Off-Road Live. Live stream from Huntington Beach. Uh, and, of course, there's a Ruby's there also at the end of the pier at Huntington Beach. Uh, we are live from Ruby's Restaurant at the uh, uh, pier at Oceanside. Uh, and we have on the line the king of Baja, Perry McNeil. Perry, how are you? Doing good this morning. Thank you very much for asking. You bet. Uh, and we're very happy uh, that you're here on the show today. Uh, we have some really big uh, information to, to <clears throat> provide the uh, uh, off-road racing community and the outdoor community. And that has an activity, you know, action sports. I, I've never used the term before live uh, or on uh, the show but, you know, we're, we're, what we're talking about is uh, uh, sports that uh, don't involve um, uh, essentially ball sports. So what we're, what we're talking about now is uh, off-road desert racing. And uh, Perry McNeil, the king of Baja, California, uh, let's talk about uh, the recent announcement. Uh, we're going to talk about the Tijuana, and then we'll talk about the uh, Roger Norman safety event that happened at his digs uh at um, uh, Playa de Misión de San Diego. Uh, we, let's talk about the, uh, the announcement of the Tijuana Desert Challenge. Perry, let's talk first about uh, the event that's proposed. What is your take uh, on the Tijuana Desert Challenge coming up uh, next month? Um, the word's not very fitting, desert, because it definitely is not desert. It's... Uh... Definitely, um, uh, it's it's real nice. It's a real nice part of, of Tijuana. Back in the, it's like the east, uh, actually out of Tijuana. It's east, uh, north, east, pretty much uh, almost to, to Tecate. There's a, uh, a highway they opened up here several years ago. They call it the 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 uh, Tijuana goes mean, which is 2000. They call it. I don't know why. Maybe it was opened in 2000. I'm not sure, but anyway, yeah, and it's, it's on uh, it's on a lot of maps. Perry is Boulevard 2000. Yeah, exactly. It's Boulevard right. 2000, and it's uh, it's it uh, starts in Tijuana. I mean, in Rosarito, um, south part of Rosarito is, is where you can actually catch that that uh, uh, that Boulevard, and then uh, it ends up just just uh, the west side of the Tecate. So it's uh, it's a good uh, through a fair, if you want to, if you're coming from uh, from Mexico or something, you want to go directly down down south. You don't have to go through all through uh, out, uh, Tijuana, which takes you hours now. You know, take you a couple hours to go all the way through Tijuana and then make your way through that, that big. You know, it's a good sized city, you know. And there's no before there's any any fast through affairs, you know. So it's it takes probably two hours out of your time. Uh, just and it was built just about the same time as that one was built. To go outside of, of, of Mexicali, also when you want to go uh, on further east, there's a road just coming on off the off the mountain, 
there's a road that goes around to the south of Mexicali, and then it saves you an hour, at least an hour's time to do that one. This is probably two hours' time, so you probably two hours to get through. Yeah, now the start, and the, hey, the start and the finish of this event, Perry, seems to be uh, at this ranch that you've just identified where it is, you know, in relation to, to the actual municipality of Tijuana, Baja California, Mexico, that's coming up in September, newly announced. Uh, the Rosarito event has been moved now to Tijuana, both in location and in time. Uh, it's at a, a different uh, part of the uh, month in September. It's a week later. And then uh, let, now let's talk about um, what your take is uh, on the territory there. Obviously, it's not desert. Obviously, you know, the, the name Tijuana Desert Challenge is, a, uh, uh, is an oxymoron. But, the, uh, you know, I understand the, the, the name and the overall placement that SCORE is attempting to do having to do with uh, uh, the uh, nameplate of Desert Challenge. But let's talk about uh, uh, where the, what the ranch is. Uh, it's, is there any historical uh, place in off-road? I don't think there is. But the location, I think, is a could be a, a future uh, for off-road uh, events in that it is almost directly. And I'm glad you mentioned this because, you know, if I was, was doing an overview of this, I probably wouldn't mention Tecate. But it is close enough to Tecate it needs to be mentioned. Yeah, in fact, uh, there's... Uh... You, I'm not really sure what the dates are. You were, you were discussing that yesterday. You and I were about the uh, about the Tijuana border being closed down, which makes it actually pretty nice for you for everybody to cross at uh, Takati, and you're hop, skip, and jump for the race when you when you do that. So all these people that want to they want to uh, go to the race and access the race either because they're racing or to watch the race. Actually, their crossing would be better through Takati. Then it would be through Tijuana and trying to find your way out to the race course, you know. Because it's, how about it's, how about even even Otay Mesa? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Otay Mesa would be would be great. A lot better than going down to San Ysidro for sure. San Ysidro, unless you know Tijuana real well, like I, I do, and maybe you do. Um, be no no big deal to get there from San Ysidro, but uh, Tecate and and Otay, even Otay, be kind of. Uh, well, I'll try to be all right too. If you pretty much get on the main drag and, and turn left, and and uh, and then get on the the Boulevard goes me, which is right just outside of Takati, and then head uh, head back south again, you know. Well, so I, I'm to... glad you mentioned that, Perry, because uh, uh, Otay Mesa is going to be uh, the center of uh, some of the activities that we're going to promote for the racing teams and spectators. That they can, uh, there's a way station uh, on Otay Mesa that we'll announce next week. That you know, it's a location where, hey, if you need to fuel up, if you need to, uh, you know, get stuff uh, for your team, uh, this is a good location. We'll announce it next week. Uh, it'll be essentially the uh, Tijuana Desert uh, Challenge Racing headquarters uh, here in the United States. That way, uh, folks have a place to go to get information and and. Uh, uh, orient themselves to uh, uh, crossing, possibly. I think most of the, the racing teams who are experienced in Baja, Mexico, know the Otay Mesa crossing and, and know all about it. Uh, that it, that's no that's a no problem. But I think for the folks who are making this venture for the first time, uh, or they're not uh, experts, let's say, that uh, it'll be a, an opportunity to get some information that otherwise you wouldn't get. Also, um, let me now that you've mentioned the the difference in the crossings and and we're talking about this. Uh, two things uh, being reported this morning, uh, very interesting. Uh, the first one is that uh, I, I don't know where this is coming from. We're going to have to ferret this out. But uh, there are a couple of uh, news sources in the uh, Southern California area that are reporting the closure of starting at uh, San Isidro is September 25th, not September 23rd. I think that's a uh, it's probably a, a mistake on the part of the local reporting services and the media here in Southern California. Have you heard anything that's different other than we understand that the official news release said the 23rd through the 25th is the closure? 
Uh, yeah, I'm not real sure. I, I've, uh, I got a text from somebody, and, and I have to go back and look at it and see what, what the date, exact date is. Oh, okay. Were. Yeah, it says but, in the um, press release from the authorities that it is the 23rd through the 25th, and then I heard it this morning in some of the reporting on tele- just television that it was uh, the closure begins to the 25th, and I believe that that's a, it's a misquote, misstatement. It's misinformation. Let me also um, mention, Perry, we have some breaking news live here on Off-Road Live. Uh, For travelers uh, in and out of Tijuana and going in and out from the United States, uh, PED West, uh, the new crossing that was open a couple of months ago for uh, northbound traffic, pedestrian northbound traffic, uh, out of uh, very close to Zona Rio, is uh, is now open to see for a couple of months it was exclusively open for pedestrians northbound now it is open for southbound pedestrians as of nine o'clock this morning yeah, that, that old tires where, where is that? no it's ped west is uh west of the san isidro crossing wow. um yeah and uh and they have a, a a big, beautiful bridge that you cross on. Now, the the Mexican side. Now, you get this. This is this is interesting. The Mexican side is open seven twenty four three sixty five. However, the United States side to enter to go south is only open during business hours. Huh. So, if you walk down during normal business hours, you can do that now, starting just five minutes ago. However, if you're attempting to come back during non-business hours, you will have to you will hike it to the San Isidro crossing. Now, this is all pedestrian crossing, uh-huh. and uh, you know maybe uh, you and I and, and uh, some of the Baja crew need to uh, check this crossing out, Perry, and, and we'll we'll hike it down to Revolucion and um, do a uh, overview of uh, what uh, visitors to contingency on Revolucion uh, uh, Boulevard. Uh, will encounter uh, crossing at Ped West now that it's opened up the southbound traffic. Would you like to do that? Would you like to take a hike across this bridge? Yeah, I was I was unaware of that. Uh, I, I haven't taken the one from uh, at the airport. They have the one at the airport also that uh, you can uh, walk across both sides, which is really awesome for people that are going to take flights. It's awesome to uh, just drop them off right there, and they, they're a five-minute walk, if not less. Yeah, to, that one's uh, on Otay Mesa. the airport. Yeah, that's a, yes, sir. I haven't crossed that one yet either, but uh, they're charging at that one. I don't know if they, I doubt they're going to charge one down here when you're you're talking about. But uh, it's no, there is no, good. there is no charge. Oh, that's cool. Now that's the pedestrian crossing called Ped West, and it's west of the uh, San Isidro crossing. Uh, and just to orient, you know, people who are experienced border crossers. This is the western area in the United States where all of the uh, uh, discount shopping occurs. Right. Yeah. And it's right there. You can't miss it because of the flags, right? And you can walk across brand new bridge. Very nice. And uh, uh, now that is, of course, that was northbound for the last couple of months. And just minutes ago, it opened for business for southbound traffic during business hours. So what do you think, Perry? Do you want to uh, uh, take an afternoon out and, and walk across the bridge? Yeah, I wasn't aware of it. And I, I cross every day. I'm in Tijuana every day of my life, pretty much. And I wasn't aware of that, that there was another bridge or they were opening up another one today. You know, But, uh, yeah, it would be interesting to see where, where they made the crossing and where you, where you catch it on the American side. Yep. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely uh, let's we'll get together. We'll do a show. Uh, uh, the uh, pedestrian cr- new pedestrian crossing uh, called Ped West, and of course, I'm sure all you have to do is hit Ped West San Diego uh, on your Google uh, search, and uh, it'll give you all the information that you require for those uh, of us who are interested in going down. So, Perry, uh, I'll get back to you, and we'll we'll schedule that. We'll do a show by doing a walk down for folks and uh, uh, doing a, a heads up for travelers going down. Now we, we just got, we're now we're just talking folks. This is off road live. This is monster Mike, your humble host. And of course our very special guest this morning, King of Baja, Perry McNeil. 
Uh, he's on the line. I uh, and two of the Baja crew were at the end of the pier in Oceanside uh, and um, uh, covering uh, the great surfing that's happening. Perry, are you aware that there's a couple of hurricanes off of Baja, California, pumping up the surf? Uh, no, I heard the, the, the gentleman talking a while ago about the, about the, the surfing. Uh, now, that's really off-road, right? That's really, really <laughs> that's, that's, see, that's why we're off-road live. We are really, re- I mean, seriously off-road. Yeah, that's serious off-road there more than we are, you know. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, well, tell us more, Perry. Now, have you ever been to this ranch where the Tijuana Desert Challenge is going to be at? No, I have not. Um, uh, I know it's the Cassian Ranch. I've heard about it, and it's, uh, Pretty a good sized ranch at uh, the Cassian zone, and I I'm not really sure. I, I want to find out if it's the same Cassians in Ojos Negros when we race in Ojos Negros. There's a there's a, a big uh, camping spot there that's owned by the Cassian, and I don't know if, I don't know if it's the same uh, or not. And I'm not really sure what the I haven't been there, so I don't know if they dedicate also to camping. It would be a real nice place to to go camp out for a night or a week or something, you know, and they have, well, it is a camping spot where they have uh, water and, and uh, drains and so on and so forth and, and little uh, lean-tos to put your, your motorhome or fifth wheel up against or something, you know, and give us a little little carport there of some sort. And I'm not sure if Cassianos are doing the same, if it's the same family or if it's just a ranch that uh, somehow we got a hold of. But anyway, they, uh, it's, it's, I know where the area, area is. I've been through there uh, multiple times, but never. It's gorgeous back inside there. It's just up against the hills that, uh, that divide Mexico, I mean, uh, Tijuana and Tecate. So, and I suppose I understand the whole race will be on, on his ranch. So, uh, in talking to Roger Norman, it's uh, he's he's dropped the uh, the uh, entry fee considerably because. Uh, he doesn't need. They don't need any tracking devices, so that's out. And so we don't pay for that, which is um, you know, hundred two hundred dollars. I don't know what we've been paying for the different tracking systems. It changes every time, but so that there will be no tracking systems. So that'll take a chunk out of you know what we had would have to pay, and then the fact that he doesn't really have to mark the course because it's only like the twenty mile loop. Um, it's no big deal not trying to, I mean, when you mark the course from Tijuana to La Paz or Cabo San Lucas to a thousand, it takes thousands of dollars to do that. You know, the, every time you go down, you, you got to mark it two or three times and it takes you, it would take you two or three weeks to do that. So that's thousands of dollars you have to spend. Plus all people you have to spread out all the way to, to La Paz is crazy. And all the, you know, et cetera, et cetera, just, it just gets into a real complicated deal when they do that. Um, hey Perry, but, yes sir. There's a lot of et cetera, et cetera, having to do with uh, desert racing. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's one of those things. Well, so you had a chance to personally speak with uh, Roger Norman, the owner of Score International. Any other insight? And by the way, that's the, what you just mentioned is critical insight into. Uh, the Tijuana Desert Challenge coming up in September, Score International De- Desert Race. Um, what uh, other gems of wisdom did he uh, impart to you in this conversation, uh, having to do with the event? Well, he just uh, it's, it's it'll be it'll be good for Tijuana. Uh, Tijuana, you know, Rosarito, I thought was was not a good idea in the very beginning because uh, Rosarito it's it's just a big. It's a big social thing on the weekend. It is crazy how it's a wild, wild place on on the weekends. Um, almost to where I would let, rather stay away from Rosarito because uh, I had to drive down the main boulevard on uh, mid mid Sunday or I guess yeah mid Sunday here uh, a few weeks back, and it took me forever to get through the main drag uh, at, at Rosarito because the highway was closed. So I had to take uh, the go through the middle of Rosarito, and I cannot believe the the live bands and the music and the people and the, it was just crazy. It just uh, uh, there's so much, it's a it's a big party. It turned into a big party place, big time Saturday and Sunday every every weekend pretty much. So, well, I, how about this? Good. How about how about this, Perry? Um, why not have the the uh, uh, contingency at Papa's and Beer on the beach in Rosarito, and then hold the event at Rancho Casian? 
Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't do that because the, all the uh, tech people, all the people that are all of, all of score, they're actually staying in in because uh, they probably made some pretty good uh, bridges that you know when they had the race there itself, you know, at some hotel, I don't know which hotel, but all the all the score people are actually they're staying in Rosarito. And uh, they already have the reservation stuff, and so they're all staying there. And uh, because it's their uh, hop, skip, and jump from the Cassian Ranch, because uh, of, of that new boulevard is, that starts right there in Rosarito. So they're actually staying in Rosarito, and it's, which is faster for them than, than even Tijuana, because uh, they they head south one mile and get on that on that uh, on that boulevard. Uh, 2000, and they're they're Cassians in five minutes or something. So it's it's really good for them. So they're actually they're actually staying in in there in the uh, Rosarito for the for the race. But just the fact he didn't, I didn't he didn't say how much the entry was going to be, other than he dropped they dropped the prices big time because uh, it's a in an inexpensive race for them to put on. You know, it's being on one ranch and they pay how much they're paying Mr. Cassian for. Uh, if they are at all, which would really be good for him, like you know, they like Mike Sky Ranch. Every time they have a a race at Mike Sky Ranch, more people find out about it, and they end up coming back for a vacation time. It's just an awesome place to go. And this Cassian Ranch, if it's dedicated to the, at all to the to the tourism, it's going to be really, really a big a big uh, um, push for him to have that race on that on that ranch if that's what he's dedicating to, as he has in. Uh, in Ojos Negros, uh, further down by you know down east of east of Ensenada, so so it should be it should be good. It's um, uh, you you have you have the choice of uh, the the Takati hotels, uh, real real nearby. You have the choice of the Rosarito hotels, which are real nearby, or just all of Tijuana. So it's it's kind of good way spread out as far as people getting hotels. It's it's pretty hard to get uh, a room or a hotel. In Tijuana, even on the weekends, even you know. So, but we can, well, you know. well, then let me let me pitch this to you, Perry. Let's say you're a team from Nevada. You know Baja a little bit. You know enough to get you around. Uh, what uh, what area would you uh, get get a hotel in? I would probably get. Uh, uh, there's not much in Otay on the American side, uh, as far as uh, as. Um, Getting a, a room, I don't, I don't know if uh, somebody said there is. I haven't seen it. No, there are. There's, there's a couple on the United States side. There's a, there, there's a couple of sm- uh, uh, small motels. Okay, so yep. you have the choice of that place, but it, it'd be, it'd be good to have your all your vehicles and stuff across the border, and not, not uh, find out that there's, there's. Uh, oh, that, now that, now Perry, that's, that's an interesting thought. So first, right at the top of your list is if there's a location in Otai, uh, you would you would get a, a room there and and then cross in every day. Yeah, depending depending on how uh, um, weekends are pretty bad, so it's your best to get south of the border and not have to come back and forth and fight the line because it's it's pretty bad. So the best thing is to understand that it's an option if if there are of course. Not no, no, no. That's, that's the reason why we're talking about it, Perry. And same way with Takati. I love Takati. Even I, I, there's there's something in Takati also, American side. A couple of hotels in both. I'm just saying, if, if man, if you're if you fit up, you know, beat the the pavement and have can't find any rooms at all. But Takati, I don't think Takati always have rooms. I've never been there without. Uh, there's there's tons of rooms. So which is really oh no, no there. question about it. And there's a couple of of ranches. Uh, on the outside of town, that are actually near, you know, near nearer the event site. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so there should be. Which, uh, I think that's a good deal because Rosarito had nothing. I mean, there, I say you can't get a room anytime, and so I don't know what all these people did. I happen to have a beach house down there, so we stayed at the beach house right there, real close to yeah. the airport, which yeah. is no big deal. But uh, so well, then let me ex- let me express was. that though. My my personal. Uh, choice would be Rosarito, but you're absolutely right. Uh, it is very difficult uh, logistically uh, to be able to maintain uh, a roof over your head out of Rosarito. Right. Yep. 
for sure, uh, though it is my uh, personal choice. And I also thought that the uh, uh, contingency at Papa's and Beer was exceptional. Uh-huh. But then again, then again, that's just Monster Mike. Yeah, they're closing down some of the streets, uh, Revolution, I guess. I'm not really sure where or, or what, but they're closing down some streets right, right downtown uh, Tijuana. Right. Which again, it's uh, it's such a it's um, for people that don't know the way around and parking and all that stuff. It's going to be kind of worse than than, than even Ensenada uh, uh, is. Ensenada sometimes it's hard to find. Well, and and listen, if people think that downtown Vegas is a challenge, wait till they see downtown Tijuana. Exactly. Yeah. So, but all in all, it sounds like a, a, a it's a good a good take. It's going to be a good deal. Uh, a lot better than I think by far. Like ninety percent better or a hundred percent better than than the race they, they put on in in uh, Rosarito because it was they had a hard time finding. Uh, terrain up there we're going to race it in Tijuana Cassian Ranch it's uh, at least every time I, I drive through I look over there and it's just gorgeous and green and just awesome awesome place you know yeah. if they can put on the whole race in, in within his fence lines or something which I understand it's on just on one ranch then you know it's, it's uh, Cassian they, they want to charge entry to get in there then they can which would be good for them uh, so, which won't come out of our entry fee necessarily. And well, then, let uh, me ex- but, let me express to you that I I think entry fee is gonna that that's all gonna be very interesting in how that all shakes out, uh, and the rest of the fees, of course. Uh, and I'm glad you're thinking through through those. Um, although I I do want to express that I think the Cuervos guys have have got their finger on the pulse of of off road events in Baja California, uh, and that. Uh, Last summer's Rosarito to Tecate point-to-point was a wonderful uh, uh, template uh, for uh, event events to follow uh, that you don't need to do a 500-mile race to make uh, a desert event or an off-road event enjoyable and function, you know, functionable, and you know, just one of those events that people want to race. Not just uh, our brothers and sisters in the Republic of Mexico, but also uh, Americanos uh, and international travelers uh, from around the world uh, coming to uh, Baja. Yeah, especially when you can, when you uh, when you compare that to the Baja One Thousand, even the Five Hundred. Uh, always starts and finishes in the same place, which is awesome because you you run it when you're when you finish the race, you're almost home. You're you you've gone down the way to San Felipe or, or further south even during the race, but when you're when you're done, you're an hour from the border. Whereas this, the Baja One Thousand stuff, and it, it's it's a an ex- expensive race, and and it just it's a it's a uh, um what's the word English? It's it's a guessing game if you want to get back drive all the way back from the Paz and Cabo San Lucas and, and not having some type of vehicular problems or whatever, you know, it's such a long ways and when you finally finish the race, man, you're 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 thirty a thirty hour drive from the border with a trailer anyway. And, well uh, well ha- hang on to your hat, Perry. Uh I have breaking news from La Paz. The rumor in La Paz, Baja California South is that this year's 50th anniversary is it's possible that Roger Norman will do a La Paz to Ensenada desert off-road race for the 50th anniversary. Oh, in the reverse, huh? The reverse. Instead of oh. uh, having to haul your butt back from La Paz or Quite frankly, nobody goes to La Paz without going to Cabo. Thank you very much. By the way, go to Cabo500.com, the greatest escape in racing. But uh, the uh, the event rumor out of La Paz uh, yesterday, uh, and this is from the authorities in the tourism department, they tell Monster Mike that it is entirely possible that a, an event this year for the Baja 1000 50th anniversary will run from La Paz to Ensenada. Now, see, then you f- you finish in Ensenada, and then I mean you could sleepwalk across the border. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know if I if I like the idea because there's so many cars 
if you make the first hundred miles, you'll probably make the thousand miles. Is, is what it seems like. It's if uh, if you have a problem in, in your race vehicle, uh, it's going to appear probably in the first hundred miles. So there's so many guys that never, <laughs> never make, you know, twenty percent maybe. I don't know. Uh, never make um, the first checkpoint or the second checkpoint. You know, so if you do have a, a motor problem that that's, uh, that sounds good and looks good at the start finish line, uh, you'll find out in the first hundred miles. When you're on the gas, full throttle, and so on and so forth, or a tranny, or or some break in your in your chassis, or something you didn't catch at the same at the same time. Plus, your adrenaline is flowing so so hard uh, at the, the spark <laughs> and, and the dust, and you yes, take off every thirty seconds, and yes, just, there's a lot there's a lot of accident stuff in the first in the first hundred miles, and I've been there, and I know that for sure. Well, but let me let me come at you from a different. Uh, angle and you're absolutely right uh being a racer in in a racing team that that's that's you know the first thought that you know you're gonna you're gonna do all this work and then literally in the first 20 miles you break um and then you have to haul your butt back to uh, uh san diego or wherever you live from uh, la paz or wherever um let me come at come at you in a different from different perspective as far as tourism is concerned Starting in La Paz is the way to go. And the reason why is is because uh the literally, I mean we've we've gone through the numbers a little bit with a couple of our friends in La Paz. The teams will spend four times the amount of money starting in La Paz. And the reason why is is because they will um they will not spend as much in Cabo as they usually would, these big teams. These big teams will – what they'll do is they'll finish in La Paz, and then they'll spend two weeks in Cabo San Lucas. But with a start in La Paz, it focuses their attention more on La Paz as opposed to, you know, doing so much pre-running up north. Uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, the the tourism authorities uh, out of La Paz are very enthusiastic, uh, the you know in for the rumor mill at this moment that it it'll start in La Paz and finish in Ensenada, uh, and I do want to thank my friends in La Paz for you know giving us this tip and the, the, this per- perspective uh, of uh, starting in La Paz and finishing in Ensenada. I think once it's penciled out by a lot of the race teams that they'll actually not want to race in the event if they look at the total cost of starting in La Paz and the risk at, that you just mentioned. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk now, if if you don't mind, about uh, your participation in the safety event at Roger Norman's Digs on uh, Playa de Misión de San Diego on Saturday, right? That was Saturday. Yes, uh-huh. So uh, tell tell our uh, uh, enthusiastic off-road racing crowd uh, what was your experience at the safety challenge or it's, excuse me the safety event at uh, the Casa de, de Norman. Casa de Norman, yeah, nice nice house that he's he's just built down there. I guess I don't know how long ago, but uh, really super super nice house that. Uh, you see something you see in Vegas, you know, up on the hill or something. Is what he built down there, right in the middle of, of a bunch of dumps, pretty much. You know, it seemed like you know. <laughs> but yeah, it, it, it's, it's 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 an awesome place, and uh, they uh, they had a meeting from ten till three. It's a lot of hours there. I was uh, surprised that there weren't more more uh, more racers there. I thought that would be would be a hundred racers there, and they were set up for uh, probably a hundred, maybe or less. Uh, standing room only if that if that many people, but but it was it was real good. He had a seminar and had uh, like uh, five different people come in. Uh, helmet safety he had a a person to speak almost a whole hour just on on helmets and uh, the different uh, uh, helmets that are made out there and and how good they are and how bad they are. He showed some some accidents and wrecks and stuff that they had and uh, showing how good and how bad the helmets were and how important they are for the safety of of the person, and then they had also um, a person was come in just uh, speaking only of of uh, the racing suits and the important of importance of getting the the uh, SFI uh, suits and stuff. He's, uh, he's, then they showed some gloves, 
and some uh, race suits and stuff that were direct copies. I mean, you look at them in there. I mean, everything is stitching and everything is almost exactly the same. And then you, you they put them to the test and uh, even pass some of the, the, the tests around that they where they actually pretended that uh, they the, the suit was against your skin and they showed how how when they took it off the whole skin came off with the uh, with the racing suits that, that weren't up up to par. And the ones that were, what it did to you, and it, it burned you, but it didn't. You know, it was a second degree burn rather than a first degree or whatever. You know, so and a lot of love just to let us know that uh, how important it is. I remember back in the day when I, before there were racist suits, we would take our our racist suits and, and wash them in in uh, a certain uh, mixture of water and, and baking soda, and it would make it uh, uh, semi fire retardant. You know. But uh, they had some really Oh, uh, Perry, those are the old days. Yeah, way back when, before there were any racist suits. Holy mackerel. That, you know? Yeah. We'd, we'd take them, wash them, and soak them in, in water and, and baking soda for overnight and then hang them up to dry. Yeah, wow. And then uh, and that's what you used. And it, and it, for some reason, it retarded retard a little bit, but nothing like what stuff does today, you know. It will not burn, period. It, it, it will, it'll burn you and someone inside because that's why it's so important to use two and three or four layer suits because by the time that fire gets to one, one layer, I mean, you're the skin's right there, but you're running a two or three or four um, layer, I mean, it's, uh, it can, you can be right against the flame in the fire and you, you won't feel it for, you know, several seconds, you know, and so usually just seconds that, 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 that count, you know, you're not, if you burn for a minute, then you're, you're in trouble, you know, but, but well, Perry, I have to tell you, thank goodness that you went to this event. Um, now, how long were you there? From 10 to 3. Wow. So you... so one, two, three, there, there's five hours there. The first wow. Hour is, uh, so you stayed, for the, you stayed for the entire event. Um, you met everybody there, I hope, right? How about the coffin? They wrote me a ticket. I didn't meet him. They wrote me a ticket for, for parking too long. I well, no, we, we won't talk about we won't talk about that here. But let's talk about the, the people that you met. Uh, now, Robbie Pierce was there. Who, who else did you talk to? Um, there were some other races I didn't I didn't uh, didn't recognize. There's much new new blood now, but uh, I understand. I understand somebody said that McMillan's had somebody there. Uh, not not one of the McMillan's. You know, that, uh, Mark or or uh, any of the kids that uh, that the race. Yeah, a team or crew guy, right? Like they have a crew guy to kind of go and you know, and there's sure. some guys who are filming a lot of stuff. So I need to take back to their teams to show the whole team ah. uh, of what was done. Good but, idea. Uh, and a lot of notes taken and stuff. So I think that some of these guys were were uh, were just uh, you know a team a team person to go relay the message back to the the teams. I would suppose you know. Well, I but, hope uh, some of that uh, goes to the public. I hope some of that gets publicly disseminated. Yeah. Then they had uh, another hour. Uh, that's two hours I, I just mentioned. Then a third, a third hour, which with they had all the uh, Jaws of Life uh, guys in TNT, they call them. And uh, they're, they're going to have a couple of trucks in the Baja 1000, but uh, with that, I don't think that uh, almost it seemed like the waste for them to do you know, if you're going to be an hour, two or three hours away, off-road someplace for them to kind of find you and come in, and, you know, jobs of life, I think it's too late for them to, it's just a real place. But they will be at the Baja 1000. I'm surprised to, to hear that. Well, that's it's good that, to hear. Uh, Are you aware of who invented the jaws of life? Uh, no. Uh, he was my first sponsor. His name was George Hurst. Oh. Uh, yep. And he gave the patent to the world uh, without recompensation. Really? Yeah, yeah, they have some some wicked look uh, stuff that'll cut your your top off your car in about two seconds. They have jobs of life that open things up and push things off for people. And man, they they have the they have a whole uh, truck there, and I would show you and that you even actually semi use the the jaws of life and just show you how how those hydraulics uh, work and how much the how much uh, pressure they can put out and what they can do. It's it's awesome what they can what they can achieve with those with those jobs of life. You know? Well, let's let's put it out there. We'll put it out in the ether that uh, uh, George, uh, rest in peace. We're thinking of you, and thanks very much for uh, uh, giving uh, this uh, critical life saving equipment to the world. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. Um, 
Uh, and uh, let's let's now talk about. Uh, uh, was there anybody else in particular who struck you uh, in their message uh, having to do with safety in desert racing? Um, there was one guy that's like a psychologist, and he said, "I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a male. I can't remember what, it, what the words that he used, but." Uh, and he spoke for an hour and and talking about it was kind of kind of cool actually. It was it was kind of cool because he was talking about things that I've been through in my life and he uh, and talking about your your mindset. You know, the, you don't you don't have a whole lot of control over the the physical stuff that that might happen to your vehicle, uh, whether it's bad prep or just break, finally break into because of the the time or, or wore out. You know, on break or something. And he says, I because one of our, you know, one of the guys talked to mostly about that, about the importance of having the prepped vehicle and so on and so forth. But he says, no, I'm just the opposite. I'm, I'm, I'm just, uh, it's it really cool. You can see, he had a, he even gave a couple of examples of, of how we, how we, uh, we can break our com- concert, uh, our, um, uh, concentration. Concentration on, on what's, what's being done right during the race, you know. Yes, sir. But, uh, it's really cool because, uh, and man, he, he, he nailed it. He nailed it. He, it's like he's been there, done that, like as I have a whole bunch of times. You know, like we discussed a while ago, the first the first 100 miles of the race, man, you you have to have that concentration. Awesome. I mean, just you have to be right on top of everything right there because so much is happening. You're in somebody else's dust. You take off every 30 seconds or every minute. So there's a long line of dust the whole time, you know. And once you start breaking out, and you get after 100, 200 miles, and you start, you you catch you catch a uh, a dust uh, another person, and after eat his dust every 20, 30 minutes. But in the takeoff, man, it, and everybody's trying to to do their their best and have the fast time to check one or check two or whatever, and. So you, you push yourself harder than you would otherwise, and so consequently you you need to really be your concentration's got to be just one hundred percent, you know. Well, and Perry, I, hey that, Perry, that that speaker, um, do me a favor, uh, set aside uh, their name and their company name. I'd like to reach out to them and and talk to them because, as far as I'm concerned personally, this is Monster Mike talking. I think mindset, and there's other ways of of uh, you know, in the English language of framing what is being discussed here, you know, the message. But mindset is absolutely, it. you know, in one of the top five, not only in racing, but in life. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like Malcolm Smith, he's, he's mindset from the, the, from the green flag to checkered flag. I've never seen anybody charge as hard as he does. I've raced against him for... 40 years, literally, and uh, he's, the, the guy is, is uh, I raced, after we raced, we, we raced a couple of races together, and I was so impressed on, on how fast he goes uh, to the finish line, you know, right to the finish line, he's, he's, he's uh, he charges from the get-go to the, to the end of the hill, so if he figures he can't do that same type of driving, then he will have somebody help, help drive that maybe will, will well, let's grind the knife a little, a little here, Perry. Let's let's uh, sharpen the the blade a little bit. Uh, I've I've met Malcolm. Uh, I've not I've not worked nor raced with him, but he has a keen focus. Exactly. And when you see him on his bike racing, I I don't think there's anything else in his mind. Other than like twenty feet in front of his bike, right, right. No, he's 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 his concentration is something else. Like I, I've actually ridden in the car with him uh, one race, and then uh, I was I was so impressed. How of course he got in fresh uh, at the middle of the race race course, and I drove his car down to uh, San Ignacio, which is like three fourths away or something, and he climbed in there, and his co-driver never made it, so. I went with him, and I was so impressed. Of course, like I say he was—he was in there fresh. I'd been driving for like twelve hours already, something like that. Six in the morning till six at night, and then I got in as a co-driver with him. I was so impressed on how fast he was, and I—and I was there was times that I was racing to get them, and, and Malcolm Smith would come up from behind because he'd had problems in the day or something. And man, he was—he drives so hard 
those last those last uh, four, five, six, eight, ten hours or whatever, that he would just uh, just pull it out of the bag every time, you know, because he, he's just you know, once you got the, tr- the vehicle back on the road from a rollover, from whatever, from a previous co-driver or him, then man, he was just uh, he was on fire right to the finish line, and he won so many races, big races away from me. In fact, because he would just come out of nowhere and just say, hey, Mark Smith an hour behind at one checkpoint. Next checkpoint, Mark Smith 45 minutes behind. And before you know it, Mark Smith just passed you, you know, type of deal. Well, Perry, that, that hey, there's there's guys in this business who race, and then there's guys yeah. in this business who fly. You're you're part of the, you know, you're part of that flying club. Yeah, but he was, uh, um, and that's what this guy was talking about. I mean, I, there's, there's been multiple times. That I will be way out front, and he—he he this guy talked about this. And I thought, man, this guy's hitting it right on the nail on the head, like he was a racer. But I, I've been overall or in first of my class so many times, and I nobody in my in my dust, and I, you know, you know, I'm, I might be half an hour in front of everybody going to the finish line, and then thinking, okay, now tomorrow's going to be the reward ceremony. What am I going to say when they hand me the microphone? And what am I going to do with this money that I'm going to win? And literally, your concentration goes away. <laughs> and, and, tap in and boom, all of a sudden you're on top of a rock or you you hit a tree. Or, because that concentration that is so important that this guy's talking about is so important that, it, that that you should be that concentrated, that focused from the green flag to the checkered flag. And and if you're not, you have no, no business being in that, in that race car doing 100, 100, 150 miles an hour. Hey Perry, you're you're the reason why we we put you on the air. You are brutally honest, and that is that is brutally honest. Yeah, yeah. You can't be thinking about that chick you had last night. You can't think about the you know, <laughs> et cetera. You can't think about yeah. And and I, you know what? I have I call that throttle therapy for me. And it's sometimes I, I get embarrassed or, or maybe ashamed. I don't know what the word is exactly. But I, sometimes I feel bad when once I, I'm in the race car, either pre-running and or racing, it's it's such a such good therapy for me personally, and I I think every pretty much that races does the same. But I actually feel like I like I'm almost embarrassed because the minute I like I leave Ensenada, pre-running or racing or or whatever, I call it throttle throttle therapy, and that's. Um, I forget about all my woes, all my my problems in my in my business, my family, by this, by that, and sometimes to the point of, and it's not until I get to La Paz and then we load up and all the way home, about halfway home, all of a sudden it, it, it's uh, I mean, surreal life. All of a sudden, son of a gun, I got to pay this, I got to pay that, I got to build this for this guy, you know, and I think about it on the way home. But man, the whole time I'm I'm away, I don't even I, I think I don't even remember my family if I'm. <laughs> If I have any kids or not, it's kind of bad. I mean, I feel, like I said, I feel ashamed sometimes because it, it's such good therapy for me that uh, I forget everything that's, be, that's behind me. That there, I have no rearview mirror all the way to La Paz, you know, pretty much, you know. And then, uh, yes, sir. Free running or racing, you know, it's pretty bad. Well, that's but, the uh, reason why you're one of the kings of Baja, Perry. And uh, this has been uh, Perry McNeil, uh, our special guest today on Off-Road Live. Uh, your humble host, Monster Mike. I have to do. Let me do a uh, uh, an insertion here, uh, uh, Perry. Uh, we're uh, sitting here enjoying this great uh, uh, discussion with uh, Perry McNeil, uh, and uh, we're on Off Road Live every Monday, four west, seven east. Uh, you can pick that up if you need to, Perry. Let me do a brief one. Uh, and of course, our friends are here with us: Ram Trucks, Hard Rock. Marlboro, Budweiser, Red Bull, BajaSafari.com, the king of Baja, and, of course, the Hollywood Casino, our favorite hangout in Hamul, San Diego. This is Off-Road Live, and, uh, of course, we're live. Uh, This is uh, Monday, excuse me, July 31st. It'll be August tomorrow. Um, and uh, 2017 Revival Summer. We're live uh, on the Pacific Ocean at Ruby's Restaurant in Oceanside, California, on the pier. Uh, The Supergirl contest was all weekend. Uh, We now have live uh, stream on Off-Road Live of the Huntington Beach event. It'll be live for the next few days with Hurricane Surf from Baja. So you got to check that out. 
uh, great overhead stuff. And, um, uh, and of course, all, it's summertime, so all the water temperatures are well above uh, 72. Um, and then uh, let's, let's talk briefly with uh, uh, Perry McNeil, King of Baja, on, uh, on the line. Uh, w- was it necessary to get, get that call, Perry? I uh, know. Okay. Um, so we were talking about throttle therapy. Let me just express to everybody, uh, uh, Perry and I, uh, your humble host, Monster Mike, can entertain you uh, on uh, uh, pre-runs, drive trips, uh, Baja, California, uh, in uh, the Republic of Mexico. So uh, uh, get a hold of us uh, at the BajaSafari.com. We'd be happy to help you out. And, of course, uh, uh, Perry helps everybody else out uh, doing uh, uh, great fiberglass, uh, great uh, truck builds uh, uh, at McNeil Racing. So we'll uh, uh, put put those plugs in. Perry, any last words about um, uh, your uh, uh, thoughts on the safety event uh, this weekend at, at Rogers and Mission? Uh, Playa de Misión, and then, of course, I'll uh, uh, mention our uh, brief editorial that you can uh, stay on the line for. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, it, w- it would be nice if uh, we could actually, if, um, like, at the driver's meeting, where there's a 1,000 people, it'd be so awesome to have these guys come in and then and try to cut it, you know, make it a little more precise and a little more you know, short of what they're doing. Because each person... They gave them an, an hour to to speak on what they were going to talk about, you know. And uh, like I say, Roger took uh, took the first uh, actually started at ten thirty, so he took the first half hour just uh, uh, welcoming everybody and talking a little bit about the the Tijuana race and stuff. And then the other the other five hour four hours were with these guys who were took up a whole hour each. Oh, uh, I, you know what, Perry? Their... I think you're right. That's a good idea. These guys should be available uh, at. Uh, both contingency and the racers meeting, and be available for for contact by the racers. Yeah, be I helpful. agree with you. No, that's I I agree 100. percent All right, let's move on. Uh, this is the editorial for today from from Off Road Live. Uh, we saw the new promo coming up for uh, the uh, Tijuana event, and of course, uh, we also saw the promotion for uh, the television event of the Baja 500. And it was listed on those promotions that the Baja Championship uh, is underway for Score International. What a breath of relief. We were tired of hearing the World Desert Championship. It, it's more appropriately designated and named the Baja Championship. What's your take, Perry McNeil? Yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, because... Really, the Baja 1000 is the granddaddy of all the races, and we do have people from all over the world come to that. But and sometimes maybe even the 500. But the other three or four races have nothing to do with the world. You know, pretty much just uh, us, us trying to get our get a, uh, a championship out of it. So yeah, it's, it's just the desert, even or, or Baja. You know, Baja is really the, the granddaddy, and, and it's it's where the race the race is pretty much originated. It's in it's in Baja, so it, it's that's a yeah. A, that's a, a good name for it, a lot better than the world, for sure. So here we'll highlight it. Good job, Roger, uh, renaming uh, the championship series by Score International, the Baja Championship. Uh, hip, hip, hooray, Roger Norman. All right, this is Monster Mike, your humble host. We've had Perry McNeil uh, on the line uh, for this uh, desert Uh, off-road and of course uh, uh, as Perry mentioned it the ultimate off-road when you're on the beach and in the water (laughs) (laughs) Uh, surfing coverage during the summer Uh, Perry thanks very much for coming on the line in part two we'll talk more about uh, uh, what's upcoming for uh, the public's participation in venturing in Baja California for the next few months and of course next week uh, we also have some big announcements uh, coming from uh, the Baja Beach Club live uh, next Monday, uh, 4 West, 7 East here on Off-Road Live. And, of course, we've got to mention our friends, Ram Trucks, Hard Rock, Marlboro, Budweiser, Red Bull, BajaSafari.com, the king of Baja, and, of course, the Hollywood Casino, uh, our favorite hangout in Hamul, San Diego. Perry McNeil, king of Baja, 
Amazing, amazing stuff, sir. Thank you very much for your contribution to Desert Off-Road Racing and, of course, uh, your time here today and everything you do uh, with myself. Perry, we greatly, greatly appreciate your perspective. Well, thank you for the invite. Appreciate it, Mike. You bet. We'll catch you, uh, catch you on the flip side, Perry. We'll see you then. All right. Sounds good. Thank you. See you then. Everybody have a good time. Bye-bye. Radio affiliate. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.